Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. You are listening to On the Road segment of the Power of Investing in People podcast with Shay Sparks. This episode was recorded while being on a podcast and book tour and the first real live and in-person interview in the heart of Mississippi at my dear friend's home. This is On the Road with Shay Sparks featuring the amazing Dawn and her equally amazing husband, Randy Ammons. She went from being a vice president in a prestigious casino to being an entrepreneur as a business consultant, speaker, and also an inspirational author. He went from retiring as a chief master sergeant from the Air Force after 36 years to being a volunteer and employee at the local VA hospital. They both share the lessons they have learned along the way about leadership, faith, purpose, and the importance of investing in people. Stay tuned to their inspiring journey. Welcome to the Power Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into a treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website at shaysparks.com. And I invite you to connect with me on all my social media links that are on that website, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and even YouTube. And today, our guest is the inspiring duo of Randy and Don Ammons. So welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Shay. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Don, my gosh, we've known each other for like, what, 15 years? 15 years, <laughs> yes. So crazy. And so we met, she was my hair client, and this powerhouse of a woman vice president of Harris Casino. And I'm just so beyond to be on the road show with Shay Sparks here in, in Mississippi. Yes. And so thank you for having me in your home and sharing coffee and church and lunch. So this has been fun. Who would have ever thought that, what, 2005, we're sitting in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, that would be sitting here 15 years later in the great state of Mississippi sharing our stories. <laughs> right, exactly. It's only crazy. God. Only, only oh God. God. Yes. yes. Yeah, for sure. And Randy, you came along with Don just a few years ago? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. And Matt introduced by a mutual friend and she immediately fell head over heels in love with me at first sight. He's a mess. Now she is rolling her eyes <laughs> skyward. No, it's really, she's a beautiful person. I'm so fortunate and lucky to, to have met her and we have a great relationship and a wonderful marriage and, and we're just excited about what's going to happen tomorrow and the day after that. Awesome. 
Awesome. I love that. And so Don, you're no longer the president or the vice president of Harris. So tell us what you do now. When we met, I was in Kansas City. I, I think it was the first time I was in Kansas City. I then moved to St. Louis, back to Kansas City, to Vegas. And then in 2013, I believe that God called me to the great state of Mississippi. And people are like, how did you move from Vegas to Mississippi? And I said, well, what if I said that I'm originally from Kansas? And then people are like, oh, well, that makes a whole difference. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Because we're all the same. <laughs> right, Except right. for the size of the trees and the size of the bugs. Yeah, there you go. So I moved to Mississippi to be a vice president at a uh, tribal gaming operation about an hour from where we live in Brandon. And then some three years, almost three years after that, I stepped away and started my own business. It's called Going All In Performance Group. And we focus on primarily two things, growing strategies for super busy executives and then their leadership training behind that, right? Because in organizations, we see that um, people are really busy a lot, but are they busy doing the right things, right? And then I think that is part of my faith story is that God allowed me to step out and uh, step into my faith. I did write the book, Betting on Faith. And that's part of my God story is just pouring into others mm. through my testimony. Yeah, so. I love that. I love that. And Randy, I know you have an incredible story. So please yes. tell us about you. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I was... <laughs> No, I was about to uh, just go off in the left field with some <laughs> nonsense. But uh, no, I'm a, I'm just a big dumb country boy from Bogachetta, Mississippi. I'm from a very rural hamlet in a rural county in a rural state and uh, graduated high school and joined the United States Air Force. And uh, I spent 32 years on active duty. With the Air Force as Title 10 and Title 32 active duty airmen. And I went to a lot of places, went to a lot of cool places and did a lot of cool stuff. Went to a lot of dumb places and did a lot of dumb (laughs) stuff. But that's everyone's story as far as uh, the Department of Defense goes. And just had a wonderful career. So grateful for all the opportunities that I had and was extremely fortunate. And so here I am now with you two guys. And it's just been a it's been a it's been a great ride. So I'm going to jump in because he will not tell his full story. So he is an amazing man. You know, it takes a strong man to be with a strong woman. Mm-hmm. It takes a strong woman to be with a strong man. Saints. Yes, right? Yeah. And uh, he obviously retired as a chief master sergeant, which is in and of itself is a feat, right? Mm-hmm. It's the top 1%. Yeah. When we went to his retirement, the stories that people shared with me mm-hmm. about his leadership He is humble. He's hilarious. And I know God told me no many times in my life so that when I met him seven years ago, it was the right time at the right place. And God delivered this amazing man from Bogachetta, Mississippi. And so here we sit. I love it. Yes. And, you know, I love that your story together, you guys are such a dynamic power couple. And you're both leaders in your own right, and yet still was able to come together and have this awesome relationship. And- it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, we, we are different in certain ways, but that is it really makes our relationship even more fruitful because yin and yang, my weaknesses are often her strengths and uh, sometimes vice versa. It's just a, a wonderful uh, match. And just, just glad that God put us on this intersection. And, and here we are again. <laughs> you know, the one thing when you talk about two strong people is when we were first together and married, it was very, it was unique, right? Because we both had been 
um, single for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so we were both used to leading the household. Yeah. And, you know, God said that um, the man is to lead. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was a unique thing to say, you got this and he has it. And so to watch him, uh, he is the leader of our house. Now, I will always say I'm the boss of the chief master sergeant, and I can make you sleep on that couch. Yeah. Mm. I'm Chief Ammons, and she's General Ammons. Mm. Correct. Okay. There you go. But Great I will structure. tell you, the kids, it, it, it's a blessing, too. When you come with blended families, as far as children, they you have to understand the dynamics of the the house and through God's eyes, right? That even though I was with Case for, you know, since he was pretty much seven years old, and he saw me as the leader, it was important that he understands that Randy's the leader, mm-hmm. right? But the nice thing about Randy is Randy never tried to be his dad. Randy knew that he has a great dad or knows that he has a great dad. So he doesn't try to be his dad. He tries to be a good, strong role model for him. And I try to do the same for Brooke. I'm not her mom, and I don't want to be her mom. She has a great mom. Mm-hmm. And it's about how that all works. But I think the key for us is that... We all went to church today with, with you, Shay, mm-hmm. and we, we get realigned that says, you know what? If you work together towards Christ, things become really strong. It's when you start getting away from the fray that things start going sideways. And we try to take control of situations ourselves. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. So, you know, we just jumped right in, but I always like to start off with <laughs> the first question. And so it's not the first question now. We're, we're already so far in. But what does investing in people mean to you? In- investing in people. It, to me, uh, just means uh, developing relationships with with individuals, and uh, you know, every single person is different. You know, fingerprints. Everyone is different, and I learned this a long time ago. People react to different things. Rewards, you know, the way you approach people, you learn how can I talk to this individual and communicate with this person. Where will they receive my message? What is it that unique about this person that, that, that I can adapt to and we can we can get on the same level? And so yeah, I would say, you know, you got to start with uh, building relationships and and learning uh, about people being be willing to invest yourself in, in these relationships and share yourself when asking others uh, to share themselves, you know. It's funny that he said that about relationships, because when you think about investing in people and, you know, especially as leaders, right, they will only follow you where you will go. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, you said, you know, Randy said, making sure that they know like a little, I don't know exactly how he said it, but it's, it's about your relationship with them. I remember one time sitting in Vegas, my office was at Caesar's palace and somebody said, you know what? I just want your job. And I'm like, well, so let me just tell you about my job. So I parked a lot of cars and cleaned out a lot of toilets before I got to this job. And they're like, wow, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you just wake up one day and you're like responsible for training for like 78,000 people. But I said, more importantly, let me tell you my personal story. And the person sat there and they're like, you have been through all of that. I said, and Shay, you know as well as I do. We've all had some sort of something. I mean, you've had trauma. I've had trauma. Randy's had a life that is, you know, by all means made him stronger. But I know his faith. I, you know, I'm not going to speak for him. But when you share your heart and your story and then see you as, oh, my gosh, I'm like, no, I'm as broken as anybody else. It's what I chose to do with it. So investing in people is is helping people become better personally and professionally is easy, right? Mm-hmm. Personally is, let me just tell you a little bit about myself when the time is right. 
Yeah. Not just go out there and start sharing your blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, it led eventually to my book, Baiting on Faith, because I wanted people to see that I have a very different life before Christ and a very different life after Christ. And it's okay, to, as my as our preacher says here, Chip Henderson says, and Judd Wilhite in Vegas said, it's okay to not be okay. You just don't have to stay there. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my story is investing in people is just giving hope. Yeah, absolutely. Much like what you do. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I, we, we all try, right? <laughs> right yeah. We all try. We all try. And, and we all do it, right? We And sometimes we don't even know what we do when we're doing it. But something you said about leadership is we kind of be the example, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we will find someone, and you might have found this in the Air Force as well, Randy, of how someone will say, do this, but then their actions are something else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we say lead by example. And there are the leaders uh, who say, do as I say and not as I do. And it's hard to line up behind a person like that. It's hard to build cohesion with a group when you will not even do what you are asking others to do. And I like to think that throughout my career, I was willing to roll my sleeves up and get my hands dirty. I started off at the very lowest rank. In the enlisted force structure, I was not even on the totem pole. I was like (laughs) six inches in the dirt below the totem pole. And so I ended my career as an E-9 chief master sergeant. And I would like to say, I hope that my subordinates would raise their hand and stand up and witness that Chief Ammons was willing to get down, you know, and dig the slit trench with Mm -hmm. the troops. So... Well, it goes back to what you said in the beginning of building relationships, yes. right? Because it builds that trust between you and the other the other people or the other team or what have you. You're providing that. Right. You know, the military is it's a totalitarian society. There's a hierarchy. And when you get to basic training, that's the number they shave your head and then they start beating you in the head with a shovel telling you <laughs> about this hierarchy and making you respect it. And so you can stand up on a pedestal and wag your finger at people and tell them what to do, and they will go off and do it. But the product you get is likely not the product you want. You could be much more successful if you get off that pedestal, get down there and stand uh, stand on the ground with the guys and uh, and show them that you're willing to, you, you know, you're not some you know, some God or something up there, Mm -hmm. but you're just one of the guys. You have a great deal of responsibility. You know, the, whatever happens ultimately you're responsible for. So it has to be done right. But you know, it's going to be a whole lot better in the end if you're willing to get down there and and rub shoulders with everyone. Love it. And I think that says a lot. Like the fact is as people rise, it's so sad that they don't have the same mentality, right? We've Mm -hmm. all seen in organizations as people rise, they think they're beyond, they think they're beyond reproach, right? And you're like, no, actually, you have more responsibility now, right? You don't just have a name tag. You know, John Maxwell has this five levels of leadership that says level one is I'm a leader and you're going to follow me because my name tag says I'm the bell captain. Mm-hmm. Well, really, nobody cares. Right. And the higher you get, the more humility people need to see. Yeah, I love that humility. Right. And, you know, it kind of goes into just really being able to let go of the ego, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about you. You're lead, you are not leading and barking orders from the front of the room. You're actually in the back and the trenches 
going, Hey, this is what we need. This is what we got going on. You're literally cleaning the toilets or you're literally digging the ditches, right? You're doing the work. Yes. And they see you doing that, that you're not beyond it. I mean, I remember once when I was in Kansas city, the toilets backed up and it is when there were river boats Mm -hmm. in Kansas city. And so we actually had river boats on them and the toilets all backed up. They called it Brown Tuesday and Brown Saturday. It happened twice. God bless us. And they had, you know, the rotor rooters and everybody come out. Well, I was EVS, environmental services was one of my departments. I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that. Happened. I went in there and I was like, after we got all of the guests cleared out, cause they wanted to keep playing, even though there were things coming out of the bathroom, <laughs> I went in there with the employees to help clean the bathrooms. And I remember them saying, I can't believe you're doing that. And I'm like, I can't believe I wouldn't not do it. Right. And, uh, but it's all about, you just do it because it's just second nature. It's not because you had to think about it. Like I need to go, right. Like, especially nowadays people are like, it's a publicity stuff. No, you need to do it because they need help. Right. Right. Cause it needs to get done. Right. Like you don't think about that. Right. Right. And it's not about finding the person to do no. it. It's just like, just do it. Roll right. up your sleeves, roll up your pants, what, take off your shoes, whatever you need to do. Right. You just get it done. As yeah. long as I had it orchestrated in one area and I had, we had the right things that people doing the right things. I went in there to make sure that they were okay. And then I was going to help, but like, you know, digging the slit trenches or whatever it is. I think that's what gets you the street cred, but then you don't even think about it as street cred. You're like, that's just what you do. Yeah. But you know, I also tell leaders if they're doing that every day, then they're not doing their job, right? Like you can't be, you know, if you're an executive housekeeper and you're making beds every day, you got, you, you got a problem. Like, why are you making the beds every day? Like you're not strategically making the company better. I'm glad you can do it, but you got to step back. Right. Exactly. All right. Yes. Yeah. So you kind of talked a little bit about something that when you shared your story, we all have a story and what Mm -hmm. you've gone through. So how has going through your obstacles actually made you successful? Well, I mean, they certainly strengthen you. And I think, you know, every human being is going to encounter obstacles. It's how you navigate past those and what you learn when you're doing it. And so I think anytime you get through uh, something um, that is stressful in your life or uh, some type of a major incident that you've got to overcome, just make sure that you learn. You have a lesson learned when you get on the other side of it so that, hey, you don't make the same mistake again or B, you know how to uh, approach this thing if you face it again. It's just about being resilient, mm-hmm. having that resiliency physically and uh, and emotionally to to withstand, you know, the barrage of attacks that are going to happen throughout a lifetime, and making sure that once you get on the other side of it, you know how to avoid pitfalls or you know work your way past them and get to the other side. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, I'm looking at you, Shay, too. And, you know, I know Randy's story is, I think, you know, people say that doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. When you're younger and you go through such hard trauma, you know, hard times, you don't know it's hard times, right? You just do it because you don't know any different. Like my childhood, I didn't know any different. I didn't know what grit was. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't know that, you know, not going to work and not helping my mom buy clothes for my brother or Whatever it was, I didn't know that was odd because mm-hmm. I just, I mean, first of all, you don't go to school and say, hey, you know, there's a three ring circus in my house. I hope it's, 
you know, nobody can tell it's oozing. Well, you don't even know it's a three ring circus. No, right. Everyone's house is like that. Right. 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 That's right. And then Randy and I talk about, you know, as we've gotten older, it's all the tough stuff. And I've lost some people in my life that have just been, you know, heartbreaking. And, you know, a a tearjerker is, I think the thing is you find that you can't fill the voids in your life by just stuffing it with er earthly things. Right. With the houses and the cars and the blah, blah, blahs and whatever it is. I mean, that's good. But if you're trying to fill it, a void with that, you're going to, you're going to implode. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's part of my story of, you know, just the, the grit is the grit with Christ Mm -hmm. is, is a very different world. And it's, I've said this before is with Christ, joy and pain can run on parallel tracks because I think, you know, too, and you know, you know, Randy just lost his mother to Alzheimer's, which was, is a horrific disease. And he lost his brother two years ago mm. from a heart attack in his fifties. And, and with everything else is there is pain, but you can still have joy because you have a relationship with Christ mm. and you know where they're at and you know that it's going to be okay. It's mm. going to be okay. And so that's a little bit about just the, the strength and coming from overcoming obstacles. Yeah. You're, 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 what's coming up for me is the word purpose yes. as you're both talking. And I'm just, it's so fascinating to me how we can be going along on a path of goals. Like this is what I'm doing. I've got it all laid out. I've got a plan, blah, blah, blah. And then as we know that that brick gets thrown in there, it's like, oh my God, what do I do with this? Now something we have to overcome. We have to figure it out. We have to build a bridge, right? To get to the other side. And sometimes we may not even realize that's there and it's just stuck in our side Mm -hmm. and we're walking around with the pain of that sitting there. Right. Mm -hmm. So when have you gone through, like, take us back to a defining moment that I know, Don, you shifted from corporate America to starting your own business. So what did you go through and in thinking about how do I want to, what do I want my life to look like? What was it you're going through that now you're like, okay, I got to do this on my own. Yep. So I don't know if there was a pivotal moment, but I know that, you know, I sat at this desk here in Brandon, Mississippi in 2015 and I thought, okay, do I want to go back and look somewhere else in a, in a corporate position or do I want to use my God-given skills to pour into people. And the one thing that I believe that God wants me to do in my life is I, there's a the verb speak up for others that cannot speak up for themselves. I believe it's Proverbs 31, eight. And I think my entire life, I've always wanted to be a voice for people, whether it was a voice for myself or, you know, your first book is about finding your voice. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I know what I want to do. I want to go out there and I want to be a voice in, in, in a, in a different way. Right. And some places I can talk about Christ, right. In some of the, you know, some of the um, works that I do is we can speak and we can pray out loud and some I can't, but I want in this world that people can maybe see Christ in me. And so I think the pivotal moment was when I said, you know what? And when I told Randy, I said, okay, so I think I'm going to, going to leave, you know, this position. And actually I was like, I I did leave. He's like, okay. He said, I think you can be the night manager at Arby's by Friday. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well that's good. But 
I knew that God had me. Mm. I did. I, and I know my work ethic and I know my product. I know that I can make companies better. So the pivotal moment was like, and that's why my company's name is going all in. You have to, if you're going to do something, you got to, you know, being, you know, this being an mm-hmm. entrepreneur is not for the weak at heart. Exactly. You got to do it when it's not convenient. You mm-hmm. got to do it when it's not fun. And it's about going all in. It's about helping companies go all in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was my shift is I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it well. And how did you get that confidence? Like, where'd that come from? The man upstairs, yes. a lot of prayer. You know, we talked about the Mark Batterson book, the mm-hmm. uh, circle maker. Yeah. A lot of prayer. And, you know, quite frankly, Randy is an amazing cheerleader. I mean, he's never, I know he was probably thinking, has she lost her marbles? Has she lost her marbles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe one or two marbles. Missing. So. Awesome. And I know, Randy, your purpose-driven story is different because you were given the your purpose for 30-something years being in the military, and then you transition out and go back to civilian life, and now you're like, oh, now what? Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, you know, it's inevitable that everybody in the military at some point, you're going to have to make that change. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge cultural shift, you know, coming from, you know, the totalitarian society and reentering the democratic republic, you know, the, but for me, I was ready. And I hope that, that every member, military member, you know, there, there's an ETS out there. There's an there's a date of service uh, out there that member is aware of, and they know. Hey, that's it. That's the you know the flag is going. I'm hanging up my guns. That's going to be the end of this. I'm going to make this huge, significant change. And so, I like to always use the term. Hey, look five yards down the field. Always be looking five yards down the field, and um, just preparing. You know, you you don't wait uh, until they're handing you a DD-214 and then say, well, what do I do now? You should be way out in front of that. And know that when you exit, you know, where your feet are going to land. You have a plan. Uh, be prepared for that huge sea change. And, uh, you know, it's there's still going to be some waves, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, but you can reduce the size of those waves uh, dramatically if you will just look five yards down the field and be prepared for what is inevitable. And what was your plan? Well, my plan was to do nothing. I told my yeah. wife, I told my wife, I was in the, you know, I told my wife, I said, I am going to do, I'm going to play golf for a year. Mm, no, I'm okay. serious. I, I I I played some golf, you know, and I he wanted the, to get good at it. He had the best looking outfits. He would come home more often than not. <laughs> I looked like a million dollars in golf clothes, but I stunk as a golfer. And I played continuously for an entire year. You know, I, I said, this is what I'm going to do. And, and dadgummit, that's what I did. Yeah. And at the end of that year, I discovered that I stink at golf, and it was just a complete waste of a year. But but he looked so cute. <laughs> well, like really great. But then, you know, I had done some volunteer work at uh, the VA hospital with the disabled American veterans, and uh, they had asked me to come up there and manage the transportation program at the hospital. So I just walked right into that, and uh, just, you know, it was just the perfect landing spot for me because now I'm 
dealing with veterans every day, swapping the war stories, uh-huh. and just you, you just run into these guys with this, you know, up at the VA hospital, you just run into these guys who are so awesome, you know, these 90-year-old mm. Korean War veterans who, who just looking for somebody to sit and listen to them for a minute, and, hey, I'm that guy. And so that's what I'm doing now, and it's a pretty good deal. I cannot complain. I have to tell you, it's it was sweet. He said, I'm going to go volunteer to drive the, the vets with the DAV. And I said, oh, that's awesome. So he did volunteer work for I don't know how long. And then he came back, and he goes, oh, my gosh, honey, they want me to come on staff. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And he goes, I think I'm going to make like $2.15 an hour. Brilliant. <laughs> That's the best job. So he might make a dollar seventy six, but he doesn't even care, right? Right, exactly. Because he went there to volunteer, and now he's like, it's a gift for him mm-hmm. because he comes back with amazing stories. Mm-hmm. These men and women call him on his personal phone, mm-hmm. and then there's also the you know he shares the stories of everybody has a story. Yeah, absolutely, everybody absolutely. has a story. Well, and you know. Again, it goes back to purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are now, your purpose was given to you from the military right. and now you're fulfilling your own purpose, God's purpose for you to be able to be a safe space yes. for someone else. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, you know, for me, I'm just listening to you guys talk and I love it because I have small business owners and veterans who listen to my show. And so you guys are just such a perfect combination of both. Oh, thank you. And how do you feel from the corporate America to the military to now what you're doing now? How did your identity really have to shift. Like you kind of had to peel away some layers of I'm no longer vice president. I'm no longer chief master sergeant. I am Randy and Don. You know, as a chief master sergeant, there was, you know, you got a lot of attention and uh, there was a great deal of respect shown to you. And, uh, and so, you know, if I walk into a room now and nobody stands up or calls the room, yeah, a okay with that. That's not what I really care about. If I feel like I need something like that, I'll get in the car and drive back out to the base and just start walking around out there. But can I tell the story? I won't tell the name. So I walked in to have a meal with him mm-hmm. once at the base, and you know, I walk in there and he's got the gun strapped to his leg and blah blah. blah. And I can't even remember if we were married. Maybe we weren't. And we walk in there and I'm like, oh, hey. And they're like, oh, I think we're married. Oh, this is Randy's wife. Yeah, yeah, great. And this person said, oh, yeah, I'll be right back. I need to go make Randy his plate. (laughs) I'm sure she didn't call me Randy, dear. No, (laughs) chief. Right. Yeah. I was like this. Oh, really? We're making plates for my husband. Okay. You might want to tell him his wife is never going to make that plate. Right. But I do. But it was so, like, it was like, I didn't even think like that. They're like, I need to go make the chiefest plate to eat. And I was like this. Go ahead with your bad stuff. When you get back to 224, it's not going to happen. No, but it does happen. But that's just where it came from, right? Yeah. And no, and I think that, you know, like you said, if you need it, you'll go back there. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is I was okay because that's, I made that you know, as I said in my book, I made that conscious choice that I actually made that conscious choice way before that I didn't need to live in the, you know, this, and I didn't need to do this and I didn't need to drive this. And, but I I will tell you, it is very different when you're the vice president of a big organization and then you're Don and you're Don sitting in your office in Brandon, Mississippi, but I never felt like I lost anything. I felt like I gained more than I, Mm. yeah, because I, 
it was that point kind of when I talked about I the earthly things didn't define me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, still want to go to accounts though. They pick you up in the town cars and they take you to the nice meals and all that stuff. And, but it doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. And so it was okay. A few years ago, it, I would have come unglued. I would have been like, who, oh, I don't even know who I am. Like I'm so used to this lifestyle, but that doesn't define me anymore. So it's good. Well, you know, talking about Randy making $2 and some odd cents, it, clearly money isn't the reason to do the things that we do. Right. Correct. Yeah. Right. Money doesn't money is a gift that is gifted to us when we are, I think people can see that we have passion in what we do and also that we have results. Right. Mm -hmm. So in my world is it's a, if you're chasing the money, you're never going to be there. You will not, you will not get there. If you're chasing like my why about what drives me and it's about, you know, making this world a better place and helping people be better personally and professionally. And hopefully I can talk about Christ, but if I can't, I hope they can see it. That's my why. Mm. And the money comes and it keeps coming, which is a a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And Randy, what's your why? See, old Miss football, Miss baseball, (laughs) Disneyland. Being a great father, great husband, ice cream. (laughs) I I was just trying to be the stability, you know, trying Mm. to be the stabilizer. And, uh, you know, the default, you know, the, if I try to be as steady as I possibly can and, um, just really make sh- making sure our family just uh, stays on track mm. and uh, it would continue this trajectory that we're on. It's amazing when you mm-hmm. have, I mean, think about how many people would love to have husbands that says, I just want to be stable yeah. for my family. Yeah. That's huge. Right. Yeah. And he's that way for the four three of us in our rescue um, dog, Macy, mm-hmm. but he's also very close to his sister and her family and my brother and my mom. And so he is, he is consistency. He is consistency. And I'm sure you were that way in the military too. Absolutely. As well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where I just developed this whole mindset of discipline, very self-disciplined person. I like to say, you know, call it time on target. I, I am where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. I like to be accountable for where I am and what I am doing at all times. And I just kind of want to hold myself to a higher standard if I can. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the worst thing that can happen to me is if somebody told me I let them down. That is mm-hmm. the worst thing that can uh, happen to me. But I haven't had that yet. And I don't see it's going to make me cry here. Just a minute. And uh, when you talk about discipline, I think that's what success, that's what differentiates people, successful people mm-hmm. from unsuccessful is yet you have, it's discipline, right? Mm-hmm. You know that you have to stay on it. It doesn't happen overnight. It's losing weight. You don't mm-hmm. see it in the beginning. You don't see it for a while. Yeah. He is honestly the most, I remember when we first got married and so we're living together and there's these boots like that are sitting out. I remember I look over in the bedroom and I look over in the bathroom. I'm like, he's got his boots on. We, we must be going to war or something. Where's like boots sitting out? He's like, no, I've had my boots sitting out for 30 years. Like I put my uniform out and I called it a, a an outfit. When I first met him, I go, you have the cutest outfit. You know, he's, what he's thinking is bless, bless your heart. Your heart. You're you're it's a Southern idiot. thing. Yeah, right. No, it, we call this my uniform. It's actually ABUs. But anyway, he's like, I've been sitting them out for years. That's all. So he is very consistent and he regimented. Gets, oh yeah. yeah. I know what time he gets up, what time he eats his oat, you know, what time he works out, what time he plays the drums. It's like clockwork, but it also helps. It's good for our family too. 
Yeah. yeah. Case has always been that way. And, you know, I'm that, I'm not as, I mean, honestly, <laughs> when it comes to, I, let me give you an example real quick. When we go on vacation, okay, he's going to leave. This house is leaving at five o'clock. I don't care if we're going to an airport or we're driving or whatever we're doing. That man is sitting out there at 4.30, sitting there, and as his daughter, and I say, well, you sitting out there, we said we were leaving at 5, you're at 4.30, and you're staring at us, we're going to go slower. But he is... He's on it. He's on it. That's awesome. But God has blessed us. I love that. I love that. And I love that you've written a book. So what made you decide to write a book? I think that I wanted people to see that it's okay to not be okay, and you Mm -hmm. don't have to stay there. And I think it's also, I wanted... I wanted to share my journey before Christ and after Christ. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that the goal was also that worldly things are not the, always the answer. No, if they're okay. I will celebrate people that have whatever. And, you know, I still live a nice lifestyle, but not when you're trying to do all this, you know, worldly fill in the blank to include my job, right? There's a point when I just poured myself into my job. Yeah. Like I thought my job was going to like, I'll show you. And I wanted my mom to be proud. I wanted my dad to be proud. I wanted everybody to be proud. But I just wanted to share my story of overcoming. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I got to share this with you. When you moved to Vegas, you would fly back once a month to get your hair done with me. Mm -hmm. And we did, you did that for what, like a year? I had lots of frequent flyer points (laughs) and nowhere to go. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. And then you said to me, well, why don't you just come out and work at Caesars with me? And I went, huh? could I do that? And there was just something in me that every, I could have, I should have said yes, but there was something in me that said no. And right after that, like literally months after that, the stock market crashed. It did. Months. No, 2008. Yeah. I was out there. Yeah. And now to see where we are on our own separate journeys, but very parallel. Yes. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is exactly why I didn't go out there. Like this wouldn't have happened where we're at now. No, God had his hand on you. And if he had his hand on me. Mm -hmm, For sure. I remember, makes me think of when I flew back, I had all those Southwest. And I said, you know what, for right now, until I can find Shay. Yeah. I think it was six months. It was, could have been longer, but it was a blessing to always get my shade therapy too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have to say to our listeners, I just want you to know that if you're, you have been connected to someone, you became friends and all of a sudden you stop hearing from them. I know personally now that you were going through something, mm-hmm. but at the time it was happening, I was like, she cut me out. She must not want to be my friend anymore. I feel like I reached out and you didn't reach back. And I went, Okay, so I'm not going to hear from her ever again. But we stayed consistent on Instagram and Facebook and social media. And then it just clicked. We emailed each other and there we are. Time like picked up right where we left off. Yes. And I think that's a good, good point is you never know where somebody's at. Yeah. Ever. Absolutely. Give them grace. Yes, for sure. So where can people buy your book, Betting on Faith? So it's on um, Amazon mm-hmm. and it's on, it's at target.com and it's at Barnes and Noble. Awesome. And do you have a website? I do. It's goingallin.net. Nice. And Randy, how can people connect with you? They can uh, contact me through Dawn's website. Perfect. Randyammons.net. What an awesome supportive husband you are. The boss. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. Oh, before you go, I really want to ask two more questions. So what would be your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Oh, you know, wow. I, I think on my 
on my tombstone, you know, it will say Randy L. Ammons, Chief Master Sergeant, retired mm-hmm. American Airman. Now, what I, you know, I want to be remembered as a, a good husband and a good father and um, a good friend and as somebody who was accountable and could be depended on and could also, you know, crack a joke every once in a mm. while and make somebody laugh. That's it. You know, well, you're nothing living, fancy. You're, you're doing it. Yeah, so you're living your legacy now. Yeah. Okay, so, so I have tears in my eyes. Yeah, right? of so me too, yeah. Right, so he is a great husband and he's mm-hmm. a great dad. He's a hot mess. He is the funniest. <laughs> I honestly laugh every single day of my life, even when I'm like, can we not? It's not funny. We're making it. He's like a stand-up comedian, right? That's awesome. I want to leave the world better than I came into it. And it's by just sharing my testimony of, of people that are hurt and broken and that you can do anything. If I can be sitting at Caesar's Palace from Hutchinson, Kansas, and went through the entire this train wreck, you can too. But, yeah. But also... My happiest moment was in Las Las Vegas. It's like sitting right here with you guys in Brandon, Mississippi. That's all God. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you bring tears to my eyes. I know. Wow. Gosh. So what my last, it's, first of all, it's just been an honor and a pleasure to have you guys. So thank you so much for having me in your home and letting me travel, be the first stop on my on the road tour. So fun. So what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Okay. So. I am going to, I would probably say it's, he makes, um, beauty out of ashes. And uh, I really, I remember when my son and his show choir at Jackson Academy sang this song, I just, my eyes filled up with tears because he truly makes beauty out of ashes. And uh, yeah, I would think that that's mine. Nice. I'm going to just go, <laughs> I'm going to go with Don's because I don't, I don't have. Would you say hotty toddy or? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I've got that. That's a good one. <laughs> But yeah, I can't right off the top of my head that I don't have one. <laughs> Maybe I could go in there and, you know, I got that thing from the fortune cookie. That is so him. I love Let it. Let me just go say, here's my, here's the AT&T um, Wi-Fi code. Yeah. Here's my mantra for the moment, right? Yes. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys. It's been so much fun. Thank, thank you, Shay. Shay. I love you. Love you. And thank you for listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. If you enjoyed this episode, because I know you did, because Randy and Don dropped some knowledge nuggets. You may even took some notes. So please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Until next time, let's get fired up. Hey, don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.